0: Welcome, ladies and gentlemen, to episode four of the No Blueprint series featuring Leslie Hampton. Now, Leslie Hampton is more than just a designer. In fact, she has changed the game in so many ways. Not only is she recognized for her fashion designs, but she's also recognized for the impact that she has made in the fashion industry. Leslie Hampton, welcome, and thank you for joining.
1: Thanks for having me.
0: (laughs) Appreciate this a lot. you know, always I like to pay homage and, and give thanks to the Creator for this moment in time, you know, for the health and well being that we have uh, through these COVID times. It's pretty crazy. And, you know, for us to connect, Leslie, and have this chance to have a conversation, I'm really grateful. So I thank the Creator for the synergies that are in place. I also want to thank our audience. So, everybody who's tuning in on Facebook, everyone who's on our Instagram, everyone who's joining in on Zoom, uh, we're really grateful for our audience. Uh, you know, this is echoed through every episode. I'm just really excited for an opportunity to share the true stories of amazing people who I believe have made it, and uh, you know, hear from them, them, their stories and and where they come from and how they got to where they are. And then, last but not least, of course, you know, I want to thank our guest Leslie Hampton. She's uh, she's an icon, and mm-hmm. I'm just so grateful to be here. So. Again, thank you for joining us on the Snow Blueprint series.
1: Yeah, can't wait. This is going to be great. <laughs> so
0: to, to start us off, tell us a little bit about where did you grow up? Where are you from?
1: Yeah, so I uh, am a member of Tomocamy First Nation based out of Northern Ontario, um, but I grew up internationally. So I ended up moving every two and a half years from birth till up until I was 18 um, and then around Ontario from there. Um, so I was lucky enough to grow up in places like uh, the Arctic, Canada, um, New Caledonia, Indonesia, Australia, um, as well as I graduated from high school in London, England.
0: Wow. So,
1: world view for sure, but then it's great to come back to Canada and really discover what it means to be Indigenous uh, in, in current day uh, time and, and really kind of break those boundaries down uh, with, with stereotypes around being indigenous
0: Mm. so here's a little kind of fun question what is one of your favorite childhood memories growing up
1: (laughs) Oh gosh uh probably my time in new caledonia um because it was pretty much like a tropical island um it's a french owned colony um off the coast of australia so it's tropical 24 7 um, so just having the opportunity to live there um, and live in paradise for, for two and a half years was, was really great.
0: Mm. And, you know, I can uh, relate to you, not in the, the amount of travel you've done, but I've had to move schools throughout my, my uh, high school days. And, uh, you know, making friends, that was a little bit more difficult so what is your experience in making friends and the fact that you've had to travel so much in your life Mm -hmm.
1: it's definitely difficult to move on from place to place um but i i got used to it and then at the end of the day i have friends and people that i connect with from all over the world um and then connecting with other people based on their their travel or their international upbringing um so it's it's a blessing in disguise because obviously when you're 12 years old, you don't want to leave your friends, but, um, it's been incredible. And I'm, I'm so happy that I can go to almost anywhere in the world and know someone within an hour from me.
0: Do you still have relationships with some of your childhood friends growing up?
1: Absolutely. Um, some of my friends, uh, f- that I met in Australia, uh, came to visit me when I was living in England and then, uh, my best friend from high school is based, is, uh, in BC now. So I really kind of can connect with anyone, uh, based on where I'm, where I'm traveling to.
0: And, uh, any of your friends, how have they influenced you or supported you throughout your career?
1: I think having friends with such different upbringing, uh, s- s- like living in different places. Um, the friends that I made in Australia had such a different upbringing to what I did. Um, so being able to connect with with people f- on that point um, was really, really great learning curve to to understand how different people live and how different people interact. Um, so I think that kind of really helped me uh, in my current career um, with fashion and inviting everyone kind of into this space and knowing that people who are different, will feel included because we're all different.
0: I think um, I appreciate you sharing a lot of that. And, you know, when I was doing my research and, and just listening to some of the interviews you've done in the past, and I try to go as far back as I can get, and, <laughs> uh, you know, in some of your earlier days, you know, so young in the industry, I was so impressed by how well spoken you are. And mm. so I just wanted to, you know, compliment um, how well-spoken you are in sharing your story. And I think that's so important in the sense of navigating this industry we're in because it can be so cutthroat.
1: Mm-hmm.
0: So, you know, I'm sure there's a lot of people based on your career look up to Leslie Hampton, you know. So I wanted to know who does Leslie Hampton look up to?
1: Oh, gosh friends and family first and foremost and then I do have my my icon people like Alexander McQueen and Iris Van Herpen whose careers I've followed for a number of years um, but I'm really inspired by my friends and the mentality that they have and the mentality that, that I'm able to learn from uh, from, from those people um, so it's I kind of like to absorb uh, from all, all the different people around me.
0: That's amazing. So and it's is, funny that you say yeah. that
1: I'm well spoken because I was never uh, I was never the kid in high school or middle school that wanted to get up on stage and talk to people. Um, I was always very nervous, so it's funny that you say that because that just goes to show practice makes perfect, I guess Practice
0: makes perfect a hundred percent. So this question uh, next up, I think dives a little bit deeper, um, and by all means, ask me if you want any context, you mm-hmm. know and what I mean is I grew up. Um, you know, in the city, and my father's Jamaican, my mother's First Nation. And I didn't really learn a lot about my indigeneity and what it meant to me later on in my life until like my mid early 20s. So I wanted mm-hmm. to know, when did you start learning about your identity and understanding who you are as a human being?
1: Mm-hmm. When so uh, when I was in kindergarten, um, During that time, I was living in Yellowknife, Northwest Territories, um, and uh, we were celebrating Aboriginals Day. Um, And uh, I had a blonde-haired, blue-eyed friend come up to me and say, oh, this this day is for you. And I'm like, no, like, what do you mean this day? Like, we're celebrating it, but I'm not Aboriginal. Like, I don't know what that means. I'm the same as you. And she's like, no, no, that's like, this day is for you. Like, you're, so she almost knew that I was Aboriginal before I did. Um, so just learning what that meant throughout my time in Canada and then abroad, um, and then also coming back to Canada and relearning what it meant in a different kind of time period was very interesting for me. And being someone who does Instagram lives or is on press a lot, um, and puts myself kind of in the, uh in the spotlight, I, have to, I had to really understand my place and my identity and really learn what that meant for other people and what messaging I could put across with that. Um, Interesting. And do it in a positive way for sure.
0: Mm. So since kindergarten is when it started to kind of surface.
1: When it started, um, but then even my time in Australia, I would try to identify with being indigenous or Aboriginal. but. In Australia, they have the Australian aboriginals. So I didn't really associate, or I didn't really connect with that culture as much. Um, so it was a difficult kind of learning experience while trying, uh, trying to learn what it meant to be indigenous while being abroad. So I was excited to come back to Canada and figure out what that meant and really kind of get my teachings and, and, and learn from that and learn from the culture.
0: That's incredible. Um, interesting. Just to relate to you a little bit, you know, when I was about 19, maybe 20 years old, um, my mother put me through like a becoming a man ceremony, and that was the first time I was really exposed to ceremony at that capacity in my life. You know, my mom did her best to raise me on and off our First Nation and attend powwows, but all that really didn't mean a lot to me at such a young age, and still until like later on in my life. So it was uh that ceremony that my mom put me through it started to make more sense later in my life so i wanted Mm -hmm. to know was there a a moment for you where culture really spoke to you in a deep sense and you know really felt as though it helped um you evolve or helped you understand a little bit more
1: um i would say every time i'm given the opportunity to be involved in a powwow situation or even participate in in indigenous fashion week toronto um, or even uh, Vancouver Indigenous Fashion Week, just being put within the community and and, and being around my, my, our own people. Um, I think every time has just been an incredible learning experience to what it means to be Indigenous and to learn more about the community that I'm a part of, that I didn't grow up with, but then I'm still a part of, for sure.
0: Absolutely. I appreciate that answer. And so I'd love to hear from you the importance of having indigenous representation in your fashion and designs like how did that come to be and why is that important for you
1: absolutely um my design work has always been focused on increased representation um body positivity and mental health awareness and i noticed through learning about myself um growing up in the industry i started my brand when i was 22 so i was I didn't really know who I was when I started and I'm still learning at 25 now. Um, So knowing how fashion influences people and how media influences people, I really wanted to make a statement with my fashion and doing so by who I put on the runway, who I put in my lookbooks and uh, in my press material. Um, I really want to increase the representation so that people know People see themselves reflected in that and know that they can do that if they want to or take over the world if they want to um, so it was so important specifically while I was learning about my indigeneity and what it meant to be indigenous um, and I, I I saw a lack of representation there um, specifically within the Canadian fashion industry um, so I made a made a focus uh, to to highlight uh, indigenous representation and show that we're not that textbook uh, stereotypical indian Mm. um, but we are so much more as a people and as a community
0: well said now in you sharing that i'm a man who loves a woman with curves and (laughs) you know i've put on a lot of fashion shows in my in my time i've hosted an annual art music and fashion show every year for about five years and so in doing so I've had to, you know, get a lot of models to come in, be part of the fashion show, and I've opened it up to all shapes and sizes, and that was intentional because, like you said, I wanted us to be reflected in the way that we are, so I wanted to hear from you what your perspective is on body positivity.
1: Absolutely. Um, I would say body positivity means not that you, like, not, not everyone might be in love with their body, but accepting the fact that your body doesn't. Represent your worth, Mm. so you can be trying to lose weight, trying to gain weight, and have that healthy relationship with your body. But then know that you're more than your your body shape or your skin color, and you're you're more than that. And um, if you want to change yourself and change your appearance, you're welcome to do so. But it's having that healthy relationship.
0: That makes a lot of sense. Like, you know on the surface, I'm, I'm really dark in, in complexion. And growing up, I've always been connected to my indigenous heritage, knowing my cousins and my aunties. And so for me, it was always um, difficult, I would say, in a way for me to feel a sense of belonging being so dark within the indigenous community. And I would say it wasn't until I understood exactly what you're saying, is when that started to change for me, when I started to realize that my physical appearance doesn't have to equal my value. Do you know what I'm saying? So I really started
1: exactly. um,
0: being more self-aware of like, what contributions am I making to the community um, and really educating myself on things I'm passionate about. So I think you saying that is, is a very important statement is to understand that your value has everything to do with who you are as a person and your experiences exactly. and stuff like that so body positivity is incredible so what has how has body body positivity played a role in some of the models who've uh, attended your fashion shows have you seen how that's reflected with them like have they commented about that
1: absolutely um i am very particular when i cast my runway shows um so i've had some um all Indigenous showcases no matter your body shape. Um, I've had some shows that I casted the models based on the mind of the model as opposed to the body Um, so that show was all based around mental health awareness and I had all mental health advocates walk the runway Um, so it's so representation like that and knowing that you're not that that you are more than just your waist size um, is really empowering to the models that I bring on and I've had models leave the runway and break down in tears knowing that they were given the opportunity to walk a major runway show um, even though they're not 5'11 and not this size and not this skin color so it's it's really exciting to be able to provide that opportunity and know that I'm not only making a difference in the models lives but also everyone watching
0: yo we need more Leslie Hamptons in the world (laughs) honestly like Imagine a fashion industry where designers consider a lot of the things that you are so um, focused on and, and how important they are for you, but the impact that it makes on others. And I think that's why I specifically worded that intro in the way that I have is like, not only you recognize for your fashion designs, but you're also recognized a lot for the impact you've made. And I think it's so amazing to hear the stories of how you know people's lives have been changed because they had an opportunity mm-hmm. to be seen to be heard to be um you know to wear incredible clothes to feel beautiful mm-hmm. i think that's uh, so important to body positivity
1: absolutely Go ahead. Specifically uh, at the moment with us all being in quarantine Mm. um, and maybe not eating the way we want to or working out as much as we want to people's bodies are changing and I've seen a lot of almost fat phobic comments on uh, on social media and understanding that you are more than your body shape and your body will change based on your surroundings and knowing that that doesn't equate your worth um, is almost more important right now um, while everyone is kind of alone with their thoughts more than usual.
0: Definitely. Well said. So in talking about, you know, fashion shows and models and body positivity, I think a lot of people always see the end result. They see the final product, they see the runway, they see the final designs, um, they see the photos, the photo shoots. So give us a little bit of, um, Uh, behind the curtain what goes into preparing for a fashion show and I'm not just referring to the backstage aspects but also prior to like when you find out you're going to be part of next year's Indigenous uh, Toronto Fashion Week what goes into preparing for that because I think that's really important for people to understand the work ethic that goes into being part of a show like that.
1: Absolutely Um, it it varies on the collection um, for me for sure Um, So for shows like Toronto Fashion Week, um, I usually have the collection uh, concept thought of and know kind of how I want to execute it. Um, uh, Well time in advance before I know I'm going to be showing at that particular showcase, Uh, just the way the turnover is, they can't confirm um, as quickly as I would like. Um, But then for a show like Indigenous Fashion Week Toronto, um They confirm us almost a year in advance, wow, so it, it definitely varies on the showcase and it varies on kind of the collection that our brand is putting together and what messaging we want to put across uh, within that um, so then it it always for our brand, it always starts with the concept it always starts with the messaging that I want to put out there um, to comment on on the industry or comment on a particular aspect of society um, and then we go on to the, the fabrics and the materials and uh, how those will translate into the silhouettes to uh, convey the messaging. Um, and then casting for us, uh, like I said, usually takes over a month to really pinpoint the exact um, individuals that I want representing my brand and, and knowing that they'll take the messaging uh, with them throughout, throughout their time um, and really push, push that for further.
0: That makes a lot of sense. Do you have a favorite fashion show that sticks out to you that you attended?
1: That I've attended or that I put: that on? You
0: were that you were part of, of course.
1: Oh yeah. Um, oh gosh. <laughs> so many. I but- would say my debut <laughs> I would say my debut at Toronto Fashion Week um, that happened early 2019. Um, which was our all indigenous showcase um because that was the first time in about 10 years that Toronto fashion Week has sh- seen a show like that wow um and because my work is kind of very evening wear high end um to have that uh that type of wearable art on indigenous bodies was just so exciting for me mm. nice and and the response that I got was incredible as well
0: awesome so you know, with fashion shows, your preparation in that goes into it, um, the recruiting process of making sure you have amazing people showcasing your incredible designs. You're also a huge advocate when it comes to mental health and the lithium collection. When I learned about what that meant, it actually was extremely fascinating for for me. And that's when I really, um, you know, was extremely excited to, to hear from you what that means. So if you can share with the audience, why was that so important for you to do was to create the lithium collection. And what does that mean for those who don't know?
1: For sure. Um, so the lithium collection, um, was inspired around mental health as a whole, but personally for me, um, growing up because I am in my early twenties, uh, a lot of people are going through changes and, and experiencing mental health on, on a vast spectrum of of whether it just, being, just be kind of general anxiety or all the way up to bipolar disorder, OCD, um, or um, aspects like that. So everyone's experiencing kind of this wide range of understanding their mental health and understanding um, their mental illness if they have it. So I really wanted to, dive into a collection that showed that uh, you can be successful in spite of or with your mental health um, and really show that you are in control of your mental health and if you're having having troubles then to reach out and get help. Um, but by putting a mental health inspired show in a fashion world, um, I think was really powerful because fashion really kind of attacks people's mental health and really, especially in the past 10 and 20 years, really told you to be a certain particular size, shape, uh, color, and it really kind of tore people down. Um, so I think putting on that show and having a give back, uh, initiative within that show was, was really powerful for us.
0: Amazing. And why is it called the lithium collection?
1: yeah so lithium um, is a psychiatric medication used uh, to counter out the, counteract the negative effects of bipolar disorder. Um, and I had met an individual who just uh, discovered that they had bipolar and was di- uh, was prescribed lithium and then through putting on this showcase, um, I was connected with models who had um, had been living with bipolar disorder as well, um, so it was just kind of a relevant uh relevant topic personally. And then it just worked out um, to be the title as well. Um, and it was also inspire, inspired by um, the, the visuals of the showcase uh, were inspired by the highs and lows of bipolar disorder as well.
0: Wow. Like to hear somebody who is so intentional about having those type of things included in their designs and fashion, I think is so important you know, and it's, it's something to honor. And so when Toronto says 50 most influential people style icon, I think that's like an understatement. You know what I mean? Like it's, it's amazing the work that you're doing sincerely. And on that topic of mental health, you know, with the fast paced life of your career, being involved in so many fashion shows, keeping up with demand, how do you take care of your own mental health?
1: Yeah, so in all honesty, because it was such a world in the last three years putting this this brand together, um my mental health took a took a, a back seat, took a back burner position. Um so it has actually been incredible to take a break from it with this uh COVID nineteen uh self isolation and really focus on myself because work is on pause and I can catch up with who I am and what's happening in my brain. Um, So I have actually been able to start some online therapy sessions and really kind of diving into why, why I'm doing what I'm doing and, and uh, learning more about myself and and what makes me happy beyond work and, and fashion.
0: (laughs) Nice. I've, I've uh, in that topic of mental health and therapy, I've seen that you've, Donated part of your proceeds to the CamH Foundation. Um, so tell us um what is the CAMH Foundation? For those who don't know, I know what it is, but I would love to hear it from you and why was that so important for you to donate to an organization like that?
1: For sure. Um, so the CAMH uh, foundation is the Center for Addiction and Mental Health, um, based in Toronto in and around Toronto and the GTA. Um, it was really important. We Uh, while we put on the show, we we collaborated with CAMH uh, for a donation page for give back, um, as well as um, on the seats of all the runway shows, we put in uh, little information packets on how to talk about mental health with your friend, with your child, or um, with an individual that you know. So it's kind of like how to bring it up and how to talk about it in a healthy way and understand each other better. Um, So to have that give back uh, initiative within a runway show was very exciting for us and to be able to donate to KMH and um, I have been uh, kind of a supporter uh, and been in that hospital uh, supporting uh, a few friends of mine. So I know kind of what the whole process is of, of going to an emergency there. And uh, I just I, I wanted to give back as best I could.
0: Wow. You see, like, this is why I was really excited to talk with you, Leslie, because you know it's one thing to be recognized for your incredible work in the fashion world but to hear behind the scenes of the fact that you are so intentional like i mentioned with the topics that you want to bring up and and showcase and the fact that we're having a conversation about mental health and the fact that not only have you created designs and created Talking points as to why you did the designs the way you have, but also give back to such meaningful and important organizations like camH because of the direct relationship you have with some of your friends like I just find that so incredible and uh, worth highlighting so again, like thank you for the work that you 've done like it 's very inspiring, and I also you know in this moment of inspiration that i 'm feeling right now i 'm even more excited to you know, share this No Blueprint series and having you part of it, because I think it's so amazing to, to witness, mm-hmm. you know, women who are in the game, women who are bosses, women who run their own businesses, and women who are our leaders. I think that's so important for young girls to grow up and see themselves reflected in that way and be willing to aspire to that. I think that's so fascinating. So on that topic, what's it like being an Indigenous female boss in the mm-hmm. game?
1: um i don't think i've gotten that question before and i don't think i've thought about it too hard i I think i'm just hustling and trying to do the best i can um but it's definitely rewarding um and being able to inspire indigenous people or other female entrepreneurs or really kind of any entrepreneur um to to say that i inspire them is is really honoring um and I, it's exciting for me um, at such a young age to be able to say that I inspire people.
0: Of course. And I wanted to you know, back up a little bit because I've been to therapy once before in my life. And I continuously tell myself that I like to go to therapy more often. Mm-hmm. So I wanted to hear from you. What are your thoughts on therapy? Like You, you mentioned that you're involved in an online therapy like, what is that? And, and why is that important for you?
1: Yeah. Um. So similar, I had never physically attended therapy and I always wanted to, but there was something about going into a doctor's office for, I, it just, unfortunately, the stigma that there is did apply to myself as well, even though I am trying to break that down with my fashion. Um, it's still there and you still have your your nervousness and your It's, it's a personal journey for everyone. Um, so with COVID happening and knowing that I should focus on, on my mental health a bit more than I have been, um, and now being given the time with work, um, being less intense, um, I signed up to an app called BetterHelp, um, and it's a mental health, uh, online platform where you're connected with a therapist, um, And depending on what needs you, you, uh, what services you need, um, you can either just text with your therapist or you can do online, uh, video chat, similar, similar to what we're doing. Um, or there's, there's other aspects as well, and they can attach, uh, work, worksheets, um, for different therapy, um, therapy sessions as well. So it's been exciting to just focus on me and to not need to go to a doctor to do that. Um, physically,
0: wow, so um, that's incredible. Can you give us, um, on air here, what is the link that people can go to to get hooked up with that?
1: The link, um, so it's be downloading on any app store, um, downloading BetterHelp, okay. Um, and I do know, know there's other um, mental health uh, therapy apps as well, nice. Um, and then if if our viewers are based in canada i do know that the canadian government also um invested a a, a load of money into online mental health services as well uh specifically during this time and kind of as a whole
0: nice so i think just to echo a little bit of what you're saying like don't be afraid of therapy right like i think this is an opportunity where we can continue to advocate for that um don't think that Therapy is that office space where you go in, it's super cold, and you may not necessarily recognize who you're talking with. I think for myself, building a relationship with that therapist and establishing that relationship over time is so important because then they get to know you, they get to recognize your patterns, and then you can really get deep into therapy and really make those differences for yourself um, so that you're walking in this life in a healthy, balanced way. So yo, kudos to you for- For bringing some of those to the surface and highlighting that, um, kudos to you and the work that you're doing. I think that's incredible.
1: Yeah, so that's, since yeah. even starting it, um, I kind of thought that it should be something that is normalized from a young age, uh, similar to going for like a a yearly checkup to the doctor or going to the dentist. Not everyone gets cavities all the time, but when you do, you need help with them. So it's kind of the same with your mental health. You might be fine for a few years and then have a dip and need some assistance. It shouldn't be something that's this major thing like, uh, like the stigma makes it out to be.
0: I agree with that a hundred percent. So we can transition here a little bit and lighten up the mood. I wanted to highlight yeah. that when I was, uh, you know, going through a lot of the fashion shows you've done and one of your recent posts that you've made, uh, I wanted to highlight that, you had a Boston bombing survivor as one of your models. Um, mm-hmm. So tell us, how did that relationship happen?
1: Yeah, um, so I was participating in a uh, Vancouver, uh, Vancouver Fashion Week. Um, and my show specifically was called The Golden Hour. Um, and we all know the golden hour with the time of sunset, uh, but it's also in relation to uh, that hour after a major tragedy has happened, whether or not um, the outcome of that tragedy would be positive or negative based wow. on the help that you receive. Um, so, that specific time frame um, is also called the golden hour. Wow. So, I wanted uh, the representation that I showed on the runway to reflect that concept. Um, so I was looking up models, um, that I was initially hoping, uh, were based in Vancouver. Um, but then I came across, uh, Adrienne Haslett, who is a Boston bombing survivor and unfortunately lost her, lost her leg because of the incident. Um, and I invited, I just sent her an email and, uh, uh, invited her to walk in my show Um, and I got a yes from her and she came over, uh, flew over and and walked in our show and uh, opened and closed our runway Um, and to have that connection between concept and representation um, was just so powerful for me and it was picked up by a lot of media as well Um, but even just personally the emails that I received afterwards from people um, stating that they were an amputee and they loved the representation or uh, that their daughter was struggling with something and, and the show helped uh, them work through that. Uh, responses like that was really what, what the show is all about and what I try to do in fashion.
0: That's incredible. And I think you're, you're making another interesting perspective. Like sometimes you don't know unless you ask, right? And I think the fact that exactly. you just, you took the chance to just ask, that's sometimes what it takes. And to have somebody who survived such a tragedy like that, I think is so incredible that that was so intentional for you. So um, that's an amazing thing. And when you talk about, you know, a lot of the press that came out as a result of that, what was it like to have Kim Kardashian repost that press release?
1: Uh, That was like beyond words for me. I think I was a year to a year and a half within my... uh, uh starting my brand um when that came out and we had kim kardashian we had little wayne reposted as well oh, um to have that type of celebrity response to what i've been what i was doing at 23 or 24 whatever, <laughs> however old i was right. um to have that type of response was just knowing it, it was just reinforcing that I, I was on the right direction and that it it's just do it, doing the right thing and getting the right response. It was, it's just incredible.
0: That's amazing. And speaking of people wearing your designs and, uh, you know, getting the publicity that you have just from that alone, what was it like to be, ha, to have Lainey from the social wear one of your designs? And not only is that like an amazing accomplishment on its own, but for Lane to be also named 2020 Best Dressed at the Golden Globes, what, what did that feel like for you when that was happening?
1: Yeah, uh, so similar to Adrienne Haslett, uh, Lady, I just kind of reached out to her as well, just a shot in the dark. Um, I was lucky enough to be featured on The Social for another uh, project that I was working on. Um, and then between filming, I just kind of leaned over Elaney and said, "Oh, if you need ever need a dress, like let me know. I would love to dress you. You inspire me." Um, and then a few months later, her stylist did reach out to me, and they knew knew what piece they wanted, and they they were very particular. And we did a few fittings. Um, and then I didn't really think about it after I delivered the dress to her until the Instagram reposts and uh, tags, and then features on on all the all the major press outlets started to roll in um then that's what i that's when i knew that it was something special uh this collaboration between laney who is a major um major press person who uh yeah uh, yeah, a person of color major press person um and then being connected with with my work um and just to see the response from that uh within the indigenous community, within the fashion community, um was really, really incredible.
0: Amazing. And so like these are so many accolades. Like, I don't know if people are following along here to the fact that we went from indigenous representation body positivity. We talked about mental health and therapy. These are things that are so intentional in the back end when it comes to Leslie Hampton. And now we're talking about best dressed, you know, golden globes. Uh, We talked about Boston bombing survivor people, you know, making real impacts in people's lives. Like this is just a small piece of the work that you've been doing. Like I'm just inspired by Mm-hmm. The intentions that you have behind your brand and what you're doing. I think it's an amazing thing that I feel others should really look at as a, a bar that you're setting. You know, I think other people should really learn a lot from the work that you're doing because it's more than just coming up with the design, making money, being a successful fashion designer because you sold a lot of product. I think making those impacts in people's lives make it such more of a, a richer experience and I might be being a little bit biased here, but that could just be a big part of indigeneity, to be honest, where we're always thinking about the holistic approach to things. We're always thinking about those four aspects that make us human. So um, maybe there's a subconscious tie in as to how all these things have been unfolding for your career, Leslie, but it's, it's amazing. And so just for fun. Share with us, what was it like to also be a reality TV star on the series Stitched? Like, how did that come to be? And what was that experience like?
1: Yeah, uh, so the applications for Stitched came out and um, kind of was widespread across the uh, Toronto fashion industry and Canadian fashion industry. Um, so I had a lot of mentors, uh, probably across all avenues uh, from uh, the faculty of the school that I went to or the showroom that I was a part of or I believe even the fashion week that I was a part of kind of everyone sharing the uh, the casting with me. So <laughs> I said why not um, and Reality TV is very weird uh, to film um, because you're, you go through the process and you're stressed out and specifically with Stitch, they were making us make a dress in under four hours, um, which to me is unheard of because I like to take my time and I, right. I'm very attention to detail. So the work that I put on in the show probably wasn't my best, um, but
0: I'm sure that could be to be
1: sweating with like 10 cameras on you, um, right. yeah. <laughs> to, uh, to to be in that experience and then to go into an interview room and then have to talk about what you just did. Or, like, if you messed up, I messed up a zipper on one of my pieces, and then I had to go talk about it after. You don't really want to relive your, your mess up on national TV. Um, <laughs> so, it, it was an incredible experience, but it was definitely, definitely an experience.
0: So, share with us, um, you know, I think that's an amazing experience to go into how you know, the pace of reality TV and the pace of the entertainment industry, you know, that's, that's pretty crazy on its own. But I'd love to hear with you, do you have any mentors in your life that you, you know, consult with? And um, is mentorship important for you?
1: Absolutely. Um, Sage Paul, who's the head of uh, Indigenous Fashion Week Toronto is is a major mentor of mine. Um, Amazing. And she's given me a number of opportunities as well within uh, not only the fashion industry but also the film industry. Um, having my work featured in a few films uh, for that that were featured at uh, the Toronto international Film Festival. Um, so mentors like that who not only support you but then can give you opportunities um, I, I find is is incredible. Um, and then being a mentor myself um, uh, to to students and and people who reach out to me like that is also very incredible. Um, and developing the next generation of, of fashion designers. And it's weird to say because I'm only 25, so maybe I still am the next generation. But uh,
0: you've done so to- much, though.
1: <laughs> exactly. I can move on now. Um, yeah, right.
0: You're just yeah. getting started.
1: <laughs> to, to inspire those people and, and to push them into doing better, more authentic work um, and and showing them that fashion can be so much more than just a plaid dress. Um, It can be, have all this other meaning behind it and storytelling behind it um, is is really what inspires me. Um, And yeah, if anyone wants mentorship, for sure hit me up.
0: Yes, nice. And where can they hit you up if they wanted to?
1: Yeah, um, the main, well, social media for sure, um, but really mainly by email. Um, My email is on my social media, but it's uh, info, I-N-F-O, lesliehampton.com
0: awesome and um you know we've been stuck in quarantine so i wanted to ask like how have you been through these quarantine times are are you taking this as an opportunity to start something new are you in a planning phase so i think a second um, part of that question is what's next for leslie hampton as well
1: um it's given me a lot of self-reflection um and also seeing how the fashion industry has kind of gotten a hit from it, and a lot of a lot of brands have either been shutting down or, or struggling um, through this time, it's definitely just had give, given me a lot to think about. Um, I'm considering going back to school. I'm considering shifting my brand to maybe a different focus. So there's a lot of uh, a lot of attributes that. That i'm still mulling over to try to figure out what my next step is um and really with the uncertainty of when we're going to come out of quarantine and what the world's going to look like then um, is exciting and and nerve-wracking so just to best prepare myself mentally for whatever's to come is really what i'm focusing on
0: awesome so i think just to kind of wrap this up here one of uh the final questions i'd love to ask you is what would be some of your words of advice to an aspiring designer that wants to come up in the game? And I wanted to ask that question and also have you consider talking to a younger version of yourself. So what words of advice would you give the next generation um, and anybody who's aspiring to potentially get into the fashion world?
1: Yeah. um, I would say make as many connections as you can and, do those shot-in-the-dark emails to people that you look up to or press uh, outlets that you want to be featured in. Um, it's surprising how many people do reply to emails and do want to be involved with with what you do and, and, and who you are as an as a up-and-coming designer. Um, so I would say taking those chances and and showing the work that really represents who you are as an individual is it's what's going to set you apart from everyone else and, and push you forward um, in, the, in this business.
0: Nice. And I think I'll ask you one more question. What does success mean to Leslie Hampton?
1: Uh, happiness, I'd say, um, because I've been successful where I haven't been too happy or I've been very stressed mm. out or, quote unquote successful, did a good runway show, but was very stressed the whole time. And I wouldn't consider that as successful as something that made my heart flutter and, and just gave me that excitement and that happiness that uh, that another project might have. So yeah, I would definitely say success is happiness across, across all avenues.
0: Amazing. Well, Leslie, I really appreciate your time for joining us on this No Blueprint series. I think we talked about some incredible topics that don't get talked about enough in my opinion. And so I wanna thank you again for the work that you've done, not only as a fashion designer, but the impact that you've made and the intentions that go into your designs and into the work that you do. Uh, So thank you for that. And thank you for joining us. So we appreciate that.
1: Thank you so much for having me. I I love diving into these topics and giving the opportunity to do so is incredible
0: me too so thank you very much and uh for everybody who's listening uh tune in next week with no blueprint and we will be having a discussion with angio menard so i'm really looking forward to that as well but again thank you leslie thank
1: you to everybody who tuned in and we appreciate you being here last day